The following is from Red Hill Baptist Church, where we exist to glorify God, grow more like Jesus, and go with the gospel. To find out more about our ministry or to contact us, please visit redhillbaptist.org.
these men and women and their good work each week as they come and prepare for our time together lead us in worship. Take your copy of God's Word this morning, please, and turn again uh, to Psalm 23 as we continue our series that we've called a soothing psalm, Psalm 23. And we find ourselves today at verse number 5, Psalm 23. We'll be looking at verse number 5. From 1986 to 1990, Frank Reed was held hostage in a Lebanon cell. For months at a time, he was blindfolded, living in complete darkness or chained to a wall and kept in absolute silence. On one occasion, they moved Reed to another room and although blindfolded, he could sense there were other people in the room with him. But it was three weeks before he dared to even peek and see who else was in the room with him. And it turned out he was chained next to Terry Anderson and Tom Sutherland. Although he was beaten and made ill and tormented, Reed felt most the lack of care in his life. He said these words in an interview with Time magazine, and I quote, Nothing I did mattered to anyone. I began to realize how withering it is to exist with not a single expression of caring around. I learned one overriding fact. Now think about where he is. Think about what he's going through. Think about what he'd experienced. I want you to hear what he said. I learned one overriding fact. Caring is a powerful force. If no one cares, you are truly alone. Think about his words. If no one cares, you are truly alone. Perhaps you feel that way this morning. While some are enjoying the springtime weather and they're anticipating the, all the summer fun which is to come, there are those maybe who say, listen, I don't have much family, I have very few friends, and I feel like nobody cares. Perhaps you're struggling in various areas of your life today and it seems nobody cares. I mean, who has time, right? Does anybody really want to know the answer to those polite questions we ask? How are you doing? What's up with you lately? I mean, don't we just say those and move on? Perhaps it seems that life has hurt you and you've been left to lick your wounds alone. Maybe you're here today and you're hurting. You're lonely. You feel that nobody cares. Well, if that's the case, I'm so glad that you're here because I have a word from you from the Word of God. And I want you to lean in and listen very carefully today. You know, as we've been studying Psalm 23 verse by verse, we have been exploring and learning some wonderful things concerning what our shepherd gives to us. And today we find out that our shepherd cares for us. He gives us care. And you and I need care. Now, we don't like to admit that. We, we, we don't want to talk too much about that. But you and I need care. We are needy people. And I'm glad to say that we have the shepherd's care. Psalm 23, verse 5, no doubt familiar to most that are here. Thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemies, 
Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Now it's true that God cares for all in His common grace. He cares for everybody. He gives the sunlight to those who love Him and those who hate Him. He gives food, He gives water, He gives oxygen. In His common care, God is so gracious and kind and blessing everyone with that. But the care we're talking about today is for those who belong to the flock of God. You might be wondering, well, how do I get into the flock of God? Well, that's the most important question you can ask. That is, how can you be saved? The Bible is very clear that all of us have sinned. We've done wrong, everybody. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that does good, no, not one. And our sin separates us from a holy God. But God loves us so much. Is somebody going to leave you in that situation? I love you so much, I'm going to send my son to be born of the virgin as we just sang about. And Jesus Christ came and he lived a sinless, perfect life. And then he voluntarily laid his life down on the cross, shed his precious blood, was buried, but he rose again. And the Bible says that if we will turn from our sin and place our faith in Jesus Christ, we will have eternal life. We'll be placed in the flock of God. We'll have the Savior Shepherd and His care for us. And I want to encourage you, if you've never received the Lord Jesus, today's the day to turn from your sin and place your faith in Christ alone and experience His wonderful care for you. Now, I know the majority I'm speaking to today, you say, I have that settled. And I rejoice with you. And so that means that you're a part of the flock of God. And that means you're already in the fold. And that means you already have His care. But I want to talk to you about His care a little bit today. And I want to talk to you about how that works and what that looks like in our lives. Because it's one thing to say, okay, I understand He cares for us. But what does that look like in regards to Psalm 23, 5? What does all this mean in relationship to me? Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What does that mean to me living in 2021 on the tail end of a pandemic and one of the weirdest times I've ever lived in my life? Well... Well, lean in and I'll let you know. Here's what we're going to talk about today. His care for you. How does He do it? Well, He does it first of all. He cares for us by taking care of our hunger. By taking care of our hunger. Notice the verse says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now, when you and I hear table, and we think about a table in relationship to food, we think of a kitchen table or a dining room table or maybe even a banquet hall. And some scholars think that that's what happens here. We go from a picture of a shepherd and sheep to a banqueting hall, but I'm not so sure. I want to stick with the shepherd sheep picture for a moment. Wearsby mentioned that table does not necessarily refer to a piece of furniture by humans, for the word simply means something Spread out. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Flat places in the hilly country were called tables. And sometimes the shepherds stopped the flock at these tables and allowed them to eat and rest as they headed for the fold. After each difficult day's work, the aim of the shepherd was to bring the flock safely back to the fold where the weary sheep could safely rest for the night. Sometimes at the fold, the shepherd would spread out food in a trough. Because sheep lie down and rest after they've eaten. And as they slept, they would be protected by a stone wall that surrounded them. And the shepherd himself would sleep across the opening and be the door. What a picture of our shepherd's care. Bring this into the fold. 
protecting us, being the very door. If you're going to get to the sheep, you've got to go through me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This deals with hunger. This deals with the needs of life. And our shepherd meets the needs of our life. They need nourishment. They need protection. We need nourishment. We need protection. We need food. We need someone to keep us safe. Why? Because the sheep in that day were in danger. There were enemies all around. And can I just remind you, you and I live in a dangerous world too. And we need protection. We need nourishment. We need protection. Now, the interesting thing is the way he says it is, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of... Of mine enemies. I find that interesting. See, the Lord doesn't always remove the dangers. He doesn't always remove those that are are seeking to harm us. He provides for us in the midst of that place. Keep your place there in Psalm 23 if you want to go to Romans 8. We're reminded of what the, the Lord does for us in Romans 8, 31 through 39. It says in Romans 8, 31 through 39, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us, listen, all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who's even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Now listen to verse 35 of Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ, our Savior, Shepherd? Shall tribulation... Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. I find this interesting. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. In other words, nothing, anywhere, anything, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our shepherd provides for our needs. He meets the hunger of our life. He takes care of us. He is our loving shepherd. And so I realize every meal that I have, every drink of cool water, everything that I enjoy is because of my loving shepherd. He's shepherding me. What a picture. I love this picture. The picture of the sheep with the shepherd. But he doesn't end with our hunger. You say, well, that's enough. But no, he continues on. Because you know, the verse says what? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Enemies all around me. But you're ministering to my need. You're protecting me. You're nourishing me. You're, you're feeding me. All around me, enemies, you prepare a table for me. But then he goes on to say what in that verse? Psalm 23, 5. You anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. What is that all about? Well, he cares for us by taking care not only of our hunger, but also our hurts. Our hurts. Max Licato wrote a little book called Safe in the Shepherd's Arms. He said in ancient Israel, shepherds used oil for three purposes. Listen, to repel insects, to prevent conflicts, and to heal wounds. Let me read that again. To repel insects, to prevent conflicts, and to heal wounds. He talks about how some insects can come upon a sheep and so impact the sheep that the sheep can actually die. So what the shepherd will do is cover the head of that sheep with oil to act like an insect repellent. They didn't have off back then, so they had to use the oil. 
And then he said at mating seasons, the rams lived up to their names. They would ram each other, crash into each other. So he would smear a greasy, slippery substance over their nose and head. So when they collided, they would kind of, you know, hit and kind of move off each other. And then he says as the sheep would get hurt, as they would as they're out and about grazing in the pasture and so forth, he anointed, he used oil as a medicine to bring about healing. In other words, he cared for the hurts. You see this picture? I want you to see this picture now. I want you to get this down because it's a picture of you and your Savior Shepherd. He not only feeds them, provides for them, protects them, but when they're hurt, He brings them to Himself and He begins to apply the oil of healing to their life. How does this apply to us, beloved? Let me ask you this. Don't answer it loud. Is there anyone who bugs you? Don't look around. Talking about insects and pests. Anybody bug you? Anybody irritate you? Do you ever butt heads with anybody? Don't look around. Look right here. Right here. Right here. Look right here. Do you ever butt heads with anybody? I mean, you just, you just don't get along. You just butt heads. Maybe this past week. You were honest. Yeah, we, we butted heads at our house. Do you ever get hurt as you walk through life? I mean, people hurt you. I, I'm not even talking about physical. Sure, you can get physically hurt. But I mean emotionally. People hurt you. They, they cut you with words. They, they say things. They do things to you. And they hurt you. Sure. We all experience that. We all have to deal with irritants in life. So how does this work out? Well, the oil, you see, is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit deals with our hurts. Why? Because we need to be long-suffering when people bug us. We need to be loving. We need to be gentle and not fly off the handle. We need to exercise self-control. Does any of that sound familiar? Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. See, God deals with our hurt. Some of you have come into the service today and you're hurt. And you might have a hurt that you've been nursing for a real long time. In fact, you like your hurt, some of you. In fact, you kind of baby your hurt. You carry your hurt around, almost like a prized possession. Listen, that's not the way it's supposed to be. God wants to heal the hurt in your life. One pastor mentioned some of the bandages that Jesus uses to heal our emotional wounds when people hurt us. Let me give you, he gives four, I'm going to add a fifth one as well. But let me give you some of the things that God uses to heal the hurt that we have in life. First of all, he uses fellowship. Fellowship. When you get together with other Christians, you find support. You find support. By the way, would you pray with me? Because I'm concerned about those Christians who, because of the pandemic, kind of got out of the habit of coming to church and they're not coming to church anymore and they're still not coming to church. They need fellowship. You and I need fellowship. When you get together and you're hurting, there's support. That's one of the reasons I'm I'm such a big proponent of Sunday school. You get in that small group and and you can share your prayer requests and your hurts and you can weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And and the fellowship of God's people supporting each other and helping each other, it, it just brings healing within our lives. And it's one of the things we miss the greatest when we surveyed the congregation. You remember you participated in that survey in the midst of the pandemic about this and that and the other, and we're asking your, your thoughts on things. One of the great things you said you missed about meeting together was the fellowship. And we still miss it. I mean, there are those in our church family, they've been coming at 9, you've been coming at 11, you haven't seen them. Your class hasn't met. You, you miss the fellowship, and God uses fellowship 
to bring about healing in our lives. Secondly, he uses prayer. That is, you need to talk about what it is that's hurting you. And you go to the Lord and you really, really just tell Him what's on your heart. This pastor mentioned, he said, just unload. Like David, just unload. You know, if you go back and you look in the Psalms and you read the Psalms, David was very blunt. David was very honest. And he didn't couch everything. Now, of course, we come reverently, we come respectfully. But I mean, who are we kidding? Who are we trying to kid when we come to the Lord and we just kind of, you know, Lord, you know. No, to be honest with Him. Talk to Him about the hurt. Talk to Him about the things that, that have wounded you, the people that have wounded you. Go to Him in prayer. Third, God uses worship. God uses worship. There's healing power in praise. You ever had a Sunday where you didn't feel like coming to church? And then you came to church, and when you were done, you said, I'm glad I came to church. I have those days too. I don't want to come to church. Of course, I have to because you'll fire me if I don't. But anyway, uh, there have been days where I come, and I didn't really want to come. Especially early service, Right? But there have been days, Wednesday nights, I've drugged in here before and I really didn't want to come, but you know what? After I was here and I began to worship and I began to rejoice and I like to say, it was good to be in the house of the Lord. The worship, why? Because I'm getting the focus off myself and oh, oh, it's me and oh, I'm hurting this and, and I'm beginning to focus upon the Lord who's greater than my hurt, who's holy and righteous and marvelous. That's one of the things that the singing should do and the praise should do and the worship should do as we get our focus off of ourselves upon our great, Great Savior, Shepherd. God uses worship. And then he mentions something else, and I love this. God uses ministry. Now this time, I'm not so much talking about people ministering to you, although that does help. But you ministering to other people. One of the greatest things you can do if you're hurting is to serve somebody else. Care for somebody else. Call somebody else. Pray for somebody else. It's amazing what happens. You begin to change that. I don't know how many times I've gone and made visits to the hospital or nursing home and there have been days when I really don't really don't want to go in the hospital. And you know, you get down depressed, you deal with other stuff, but then as you minister to people, they begin to minister to you. I mean, you actually sometimes leave and you're the more blessed one, if you will. You went to minister to somebody else and you found out, hey, the Lord has ministered to me. And ministry is so important in that regard. Why? We're getting the focus off ourselves and the others. And then I would add a fifth one, and that is God uses His Word. God uses His Word as a healing balm to our hearts and our, our souls as we begin to get into the Word and remind ourselves of the precious promises. And the one thing I'm really dealing with in 2021 in my own personal life is that I've decided I'm going to speak truth to my life. The voice of truth. I'm going to be the voice of truth. The, the world lies. So many other things lie. But I'm going to be truthful with myself. Tell myself the truth. And sometimes you just got to preach to yourself. You've got to teach yourself. You've got to tell yourself the truth. And remind yourself the Word of God. God does not want you dwelling and living forever. Yes, there are times of hurt. And yes, it takes time. And, and, and we deal with that. But not forever. We, we bring our hurt to the shepherd. And don't you love this picture? Can you see him now? Our Savior Shepherd, he takes the sheep. He provides for the sheep. He feeds the sheep. Then he notices, oh, there's a cut on the sheep. He takes the oil and he rubs it in the wound. And it brings us to the third way that he cares for us. By taking care of our hunger and taking care of our hurts. And then thirdly, by taking care of our wants, our desires. The last part of the verse is quite interesting. Now remember, we said there's a change. Last week we talked about that. The beginning of Psalm 23 is talking about the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He maketh me to lie down in green pasture, leap beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leapeth me in the path that rises for His name's sake. And He's talking about the shepherd. Then there's a change. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. He changes talking about the shepherd to talking to the shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou, still talking to the shepherd, Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. My cup overflows. Get the picture in your mind. You're pouring a cup of coffee. You've got a saucer. You've got a cup in it. And you're pouring the coffee. And it pours. It gets close to the top. gets to the top. It begins to overflow. And you keep pouring. And you keep pouring. And it's overflowing. That's the picture. Overflowing. And I'm afraid out of the three that we're talking about today, this is the one we experience the least. Not because of the shepherd, but because of us. We do not allow the shepherd to be our all in all. We're not content with the shepherd. Our life is filled with wants and desires. We talked about on Thursday night in our Facebook Live Bible study, Philippians 4.11. Paul talked about in Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in regard to me, for I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. It's something we have to learn in our lives. But I want to ask you today, so think about our wants and our desires. Have you brought your wants and your desires to the Lord? A lot of people bring their needs to the Lord. Lord, I need a job. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need this. I'm talking about your wants, your desires. The desires of your heart. I want to encourage you to bring those wants to the Lord. He talks about my cup overflows. And when you bring them to Him... You bring them in this regard. You say, Lord, I really want this. And what you're doing is you're bringing the want to the Lord and asking Him to purify that want. In other words, is this what you want for me? Then meet it. And if it's not what you want from me, then remove my want. Does that make sense? That's probably not grammatically correct, but you understand what I meant. Remove the desire for that want. Some of you have a lot of wants and desires and you just you go through life and you're dissatisfied and you're just disgruntled and you're frustrated and you you know you just can't enjoy life because maybe you see somebody else who has what you want and you know you're not supposed to envy or covet so you say hey god bless you <laughs> bring the want to the lord he wants to meet our wants that are in line with his will i love what haddon robinson said he said, with him, a, a calf is always the fatted calf. The robe is always the best robe. The joy is unspeakable and the peace passes understanding. There's no grudging in God's goodness. He does not measure his goodness by drops like a druggist filling a prescription. It comes to us in floods. If only we recognize the lavish abundance of his gifts, what a difference it would make in our lives. If every meal were taken as a gift from his hand, it would be almost a sacrament. But instead, we act like paupers scraping along for a crust of bread rather than like children the king lavished in his riches. Because here, can I just tell you something? What you really want is the Savior Shepherd. All those other things that you think will satisfy you will not satisfy you. You can get the newest, shiniest whatever and the next day a better one will come out. You can get the biggest, the best, the most expensive of anything. It will not satisfy you. The only one that's going to satisfy you is the Savior Shepherd, the Lord Jesus. See, that's where contentment lies. Yes, He blesses us in so many regards. And, and isn't He gracious? 
I mean, let's just be honest. I, I, mean, I think most people here today, you would admit, freely admit, as I will, God has not only met my needs, He's met a lot of my griefs too. He has blessed me beyond measure. He's blessed me. But satisfaction's only found. And I want you to get this picture because it's a beautiful picture. I was walking earlier, so I was thinking about this verse. It just blessed me. I want you to see the shepherd. He's, he, the lamb, the sheep comes. And he spread a table before the sheep. He, he's meeting the needs of that sheep. He's there eating and, and the shepherd's watching. He's caring. He's watching out enemies all about. He's protecting the sheep. And as he's there, he, he notices that there's some, some wounds on the sheep. And so he, he grabs the sheep. The sheep has been fed and watered, satisfied with the food. He begins to apply the oil to the sheep and he, he's there. And the sheep is just there resting. Maybe, maybe the picture is the sheep lying in the lap and, and the sheep just looks up at the shepherd. And the sheep is fully content. Why? It's been fed, watered, protected, ministered to, cared for. And beloved, that's, that's what the Lord wants us to get to. We realize I'm content in my Savior Shepherd. Sad to say, I think one of the things that many Christians forget is just how needy they are. I won't take the time to go through the whole passage. I'll just summarize. But in Revelation 3, you have the church at Laodicea and the Lord Jesus is speaking to them. And in Revelation chapter 3, it's, uh, it says in verse 17, he's talking. The church is saying this about themselves. I'm rich. I've become wealthy. I have need of nothing. And then the Lord Jesus says, you do not know that you're wretched and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. And then he counsels them in Revelation 3. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. In other words, I want to meet those needs. You think you've got it all figured out. You think you're okay, but you're not. I'm the one that can meet those needs. I'm the one that can do that for you. And maybe some here today, you need to admit your need to the Lord. Be honest with yourself. You're not self-sufficient. You, you don't have it all together. And that's okay. None of us do. And you might be hurting. You might be wounded. You might have desires that you don't know what to do with. Can I just tell you, the shepherd is waiting on you. And he's waiting for you to come. In, and he wants to extend his care to you. Back in the days of the early days of automobile transportation, a man was out driving a Model T, and he had engine trouble. And no matter what he did, he couldn't get the engine to crank. <laughs> That's a bad feeling, no matter where you are or what's going on. So he he's continues trying to work on this car, and by that time, a, a chauffeured limousine pulls up next to his broken down Model T. And the back door of the limousine opens up, up and a gentleman steps out, a wiry, energetic man steps out. The man in the back of the limousine gets out and offers to give assistance to the motorist who's stranded. And that man gets under the hood. He begins to tinker around and mess with stuff. And finally he says to the driver of the broken down Model T, he says, go ahead and try it now. And immediately the engine jumped to life. Well, the well-dressed man, he identified himself as none other than Henry Ford. And I want you to hear what Henry Ford said that day. He said, I designed and built these cars 
so I know what to do when something goes wrong. Can I just remind you that our Savior Shepherd, He not only cares for us, He created us. He designed us. He made us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And when something goes wrong, He knows what to do. Can I encourage you today? Bring your hunger. Bring your hurt. Bring your wants and desires to the Shepherd. He loves you and He cares for you. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, I want to praise You today for this precious verse of Scripture. So much in these few words. And Lord, I know we've only scratched the surface. I pray for brothers and sisters here today that You would minister to their hearts. That Your Holy Spirit would have His will and way. That today there would be healing of hurt. There would be a bringing of desires and finding satisfaction in Jesus. There would be a rest from worry over needs when each one realizes the shepherd is there to provide and protect. And Father, I pray if anybody here is not a part of Your flock, I pray that they would turn from their sin and place their faith in Christ alone. Lord, You are a good and gracious and loving God. We're not worthy the least of Your benefits, but You have showered us with blessings. Our cup overruns today. It overflows. That's because of Your goodness and Your grace. So Lord, help us as we close this service to bring worship and praise and adoration to You. We love You. And we thank you. And we pray this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. And friend, I want to let you know that the altar is open today. And as we sing this closing song, if you want to come and pray, I would invite you to do so. We haven't sung this song in a long time. We've been working on it, trying to get it ready. But it's a familiar song. We sang it here a long time ago. But you know the words, I'm sure, and so lift up your voice. Let's stand together and sing how great is our God. You come as God leads you.
Thank you for listening today. We trust that our time together was a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and of course on our website at redhillbaptist.org. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.